Alright, well, hello everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the Essential Sports Pod. Yep, yep, yep. Good time. Yes, sir. Yes, yep, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm Francisco, and I'm here with my good friends. Introduce yes. yourselves. I'm Joe. Okay. <laughs> Introduce yourself, Addison. Uh, I'm Addison. All right. Yeah. So today we'll be covering the first week of baseball as the season has started this past week, and there's some points that we want to discuss and go over. So without further ado, let's get into it. So I think getting into this, the main thing we everybody is covering is the pitching on this team, especially the starting okay. pitching. How do you guys, do you guys think it's going to hold throughout the season? Do you think some changes need to happen? People get moved around? What do you guys think? Um, well, me, I think the rotation, like, there's some good things to take away from the first week. But obviously we know that's the weakness of the team. Like, I feel like every every Cardinals fan knows that. So just... I don't know. I feel like I feel like a trade would be nice, but I don't know if the front office wants to do that. So, so I I, I agree with Gerald. I think it's it's clear to every Cardinals fan what the weakness is on this team. Um, starting pitching is um, I'm just gonna say it's one injury away from being absolutely atrocious, Agreed. possibly worst in the league. Um, but uh, just like Gerald said, you know, I read, um, I saw a, a press conference with uh, John Mozeliak the other day, and he claims that we have, you know, when asked about the starting pitching, he says we already have six starters, and we've got six starters, but a couple of them are like borderline AAA starters. It's not, yeah. um, you know, it's not quality starters. It's not a World yeah, Series contention starting rotation. Um, not really competitive arms. So I think, I think uh, the biggest issue is the front office um, not recognizing um, the issue here. And I mean, props to them for wanting to stick with their guys. Like I get it, but you know, you got Stephen Matz starting, and I just I'm not confident in a name like Stephen Matz at all. Yeah, I agree. I think. Mm -hmm. You could really just throw anybody in the starting position and say they're a starter. I mean, it kind of feels like. I mean, it's not what they did, obviously, because it's guys from last season. But you know, you can't just keep trying to get over the hump with the same players over and over, who are just like kind of holding you back in a sense. Um, yeah, I I think that's um, like part of the Cardinals' way, though, which is I'm not gonna say uh, like. It's the worst, but, like, it's kind of unfortunate because, you know, you see teams like the Mets, like, go out there and spend for the guys that they want to get, you know, getting what they want. But it really the Cardinals love to keep their homegrown players, I feel like. And um, Which is, which is a great philosophy uh, right. when you've got a guy like Alcantara but that philosophy yeah. falls apart when you trade him away for Marcelo Zuna. You know, yeah. we've got great fielding prospects now. Like, I don't think we should make any changes for position players, and we should absolutely keep 
that farm system alive with you've got right. guys coming up to the pros like Brendan Donovan. You've got uh, Nolan Gorman. You've got Jordan Walker. Eventually, we're going to have Mason win. You've got Juan Yepes sitting down there getting yeah. great. But we, we got rid of all of our pitching prospects a long time ago. And right. now the brightest star in the minor leagues is probably Matthew Libertor. And I have zero confidence in him. Yeah, I agree. I think... he, showed, he showed some some flashes last season, but you know it it ha- like it hasn't really translated to the big leagues since you know I mean yeah. he's a big prospect. It just hasn't really translated over to the bigs. Yeah, yeah. the thing that is means... with with like lefties, I think you give them time. But like I like you said, I don't think it should be the guy that we're most excited about in our minor league system and we're Cardinals fans and we can realize like where the holes in our team is. So I just wish that the front office did. Yeah. So I, very good. Very good points. I agree with all of those. So kind of on the same topic, essentially, do you guys think the inconsistencies will continue for Jack Flaherty? Do you think he'll settle in a little bit? What What do you guys think? Well, I mean, obviously, I hope that he settles in. I think he has proven in the past that he has the potential to be an ace and an elite ace at that. The issue is he hasn't pitched a full season in the better part of two years. And um, I'm just not sure that uh, his injuries or confidence, you know, can get back to uh, what he was. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is. It may be his, like, mechanics or something, but sometimes he just completely struggles to find a strike zone. And, like, it's it sucks because, like, when he does find a strike zone, he's pretty good. Like, his first start, he didn't give up a hit, but he had, like, eight walks. So I think it's just about finding that consistency with him. But he's definitely an upside pitcher. Yeah, I agree with that. I think – he definitely still has that potential that he had a few years ago, obviously. But I think being away for such a long time and, you know, already having that pressure of being that ace that the Cardinals were looking for out of him, I feel like it could be some mechanical stuff, but I feel like it also could be some mental stuff that's, like, pushing on him where maybe right. it's a little too much pressure right now and he just needs a little time. Right. This season think... is, his, is his first season. He's going into healthy. So yeah. hopefully he can work with some things with that. What what I am um, hesitant of or scared of going back to the Cardinals way is we seem to not know when to cut our losses and cut and run. Um, and we see that with a guy like Paul DeYoung where, um, you know, he was showing signs of decline, but we wanted to hold on to him because, you know, he was our top prospect. He was, you know, this and that. He hit for power. He was going to be the future of the shortstop position for us. But now his trade value is next to nothing, and we're stuck with a guy that can't even hit 200, you know, sometimes. So I am a little bit worried. I w- you know, if I was in the front office, I would be putting little – nibblers out there just to see what kind of interest was in Jack Flaherty um, you know while he still has value yeah I agree with that um, like you said Paul DeYoung he came out 
he came out like as a rookie and was like very good, like made the all star team. But like you said, like the underlying stats really showed that he could be due for regression. And obviously, he regressed a lot from that. So just like you said, the Cardinals need to understand like when to move away from those type of players instead of like having that like emotional connection like trying to work with them and stuff like that like just improving the team you know yeah i think i think with that like you could just you know like addison said just market him out and see see what they want for him plus flaherty just maybe add him to that maybe a little package for something even for anything like it doesn't have to be an ace but, you know, maybe get a better fourth or fifth option at the starting position. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I feel like our rotation right now is filled with, like, a bunch of threes and fours instead of, like, twos and ones. And we're just really hoping for someone to break out. But yeah, adding someone at the top that could really, like, give us innings and strike out a lot of batters, like, that's really what we need. So, still on the pitching side of things, what do you got? What do you guys seen from Verhagen and Thompson? I think, in my opinion, I think they're doing great. I love, especially Thompson. I love his that yes, curveball is crazy. Verhagen. I, I love Verhagen. I think I was just saying it because I was at the game and I watched him pitch. I was like, we need to put him in the rotation. Like, I think when he came over, he came over as a starter, and we just moved him to the bullpen. So we have guys in the rotation that we can't necessarily rely on, but I know they want to give them opportunity. But, yeah, I do really like that starting pitching. Like I think the bullpen for this team is the complete opposite of the starting rotation. The bullpen is super deep. Um, It's it's nails, you know, top to bottom. Um, And and there's we've got guys that you know, can give you everything. You know, you got a guy like Helsley who will pump just straight heat at you, same with Jordan Hicks, but then you get craftier guys, um, you know, a Packy, uh, Palante. Um, right. And even Gio you know, has a, a high arm slot. People can't really read that well. Right. And he's just a different look out of the bullpen. Right. So, I mean, you know, and that I'm not even so concerned injury-wise, you know, you get – a guy like, um, you know, somebody goes out, it's kind of a next man up sort of deal. Right. Um, and then even if two guys go out, we've got, uh, you know, Henesis Cabrera set down in the minors. Um, right. And he's proven that he can be inconsistent, but still a serviceable uh, big league uh, relief arm. So, you know, the, the bullpen doesn't concern me at all. Um you know, it's it's a young group of guys. I mean, Zach Thompson's 25, Palante 24, Helsley's 28. You know, yeah. I think the oldest guy in the bullpen is Verhagen. It's Verhagen at 32. Yeah. And Gio's 31. So, right. you know, this is, it's a young squad. It's great. Um, we're going to have that bullpen, hopefully, for a very long time. Right. Um, and one thing that I noticed that the Cardinals like to do is, like, they'll have a guy that's a starter convert over to a reliever and like maybe he can work with a little bit more velocity 
versus like stretching them out. And then that really makes them good because we have like good relieving options already and guys oh, yeah. with upside because Zach Thompson, wasn't he a starter in the minors? I believe so. I believe he yeah. did get starting reps down there. And I mean, yeah. we saw that um, even uh, toward, you know, even back uh, in 2011 with the winning uh, the World Series team, you know, you had guys like um, Lance Lynn coming out of the bullpen, you know, and that's right. extended his career. I mean, shoot, Lance Lynn's what, 40 something now? And he's a starter yeah. in Chicago. So, I mean, I, I think that strategy is just fine. Right. You know, like it, it, it kind of seems like the Cardinals are just one move away from being that that contender team. You know, we, we don't have holes in the offense. The bullpen, it kind of just comes down to managing it well during the game. And it's just, yeah. it feels like that we're missing that one ace, that one one pitcher that can go out there and shut the shut a game down for us. Right. Like, just just look at the Phillies. I feel like we're in a similar spot as the Phillies without, like, Aaron Nola and Zach Willer. 100%. Like, that's what I, 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 that's what I feel like, like. And I even think that our offense is better than the better, Phillies. Yeah. 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 Wait, like, I think, you know, in a series against them, if we had had the pitching that they have, I think right. we take them easily. Um, yeah. You know, so. I, Every guy on our offense is going to give you a good at bat. And that's what I love about the Cardinals. Like, right. our lineup is super deep, and we have guys that we can just plug into the lineup every day where they may not be the best, but other guys can make up for it. So, Yeah, as we're transitioning to the offense, do you guys think it's one of the best in the league? It seems like it. They're putting up good numbers, getting on base. You know, we got those bench options that could fill in for somebody else that isn't too good. I think the only hole we got is the backup catcher if – Wilson Contreras is yeah. playing. That's um yeah the backup catcher it does get concerning. I've never, excuse me, been high on Kisner. I don't think he's um really a high level MLB um, catcher. But I think you know top to bottom. I mean, and I know it's early, but top to bottom, we've already got one too three, four, five, six guys out of the lineup that are batting over 300 um, with a couple fringe guys at like 270. So, you know, I think that the offense, you know, is not something that we should touch. I think the offense and even the fielding defense takes care of itself. Um, You know, you got, you got studs all around the diamond, you know, and in the outfield, um, and that's another one that I think is is kind of a next man up sort of deal. You know, if if Goldschmidt needs a day off, you know, you've got Yepes sitting down that's can fill in, you know, and it's not going to be a problem. Um, you know, you've got if O'Neill needs a day off, you move a new bar into center field. You know, it's like the the offense is deep and it's um, even you know even the the bench guys perform. Yeah, I agree with what you said. Like, having I feel like having Donovan at the lineup is the perfect leadoff guy. Like, exactly what you want from a leadoff guy. Oh, yeah. Newbar comes right behind him. 
he can walk, get on base, and then we have Goldschmidt and Arenado like in the middle. Like I feel like that's the best duo in the league, in my opinion. So like relying on those four guys at the top, everyone at the bottom can just kind of fill in. But when you have guys like Jordan Walker and Tyler O'Neill who can hit thirty five home runs, it's just like you can't really get over on our lineup. Which Jordan Walker has the second most, one behind Nolan Gorman of total bases. I mean, he's been he's on, on fire. Game at, hitting yeah, he's he hasn't missed a, a game. He hasn't missed a game without a hit. So you know, yeah. it's nice seeing that of the, the young guy, especially now he just hit his first home run. You know, yep. probably way more to come. I believe. Oh, absolutely. He, I'm super high on him. Yeah, going. Uh, going back to Kishin a little bit, it was kind of surprising he got the backup spot after that spring trainer spring training he had hitting a hundred one twenty five two oh eight on base percentage. You know, it was I don't know maybe his defense is that much better than the other guys, but I don't know. It's just yeah, hard. I think that I feel like that was a front office move, like like um, like with the Cardinals' philosophy that we, we were talking about, like they like have the, that emotional tie to players and it's just mm-hmm. like i feel like trace barrera should have had the spot but you know kids has been back there with yadi and spend time around the guys so they probably feel like he should make the team but you know i, I will say I, I do like how kisner calls games i think yeah. um behind the plate calling pitches i i think he I mean, obviously, no one's gonna be as good as Yachty at that. But I, I think he's—you can tell that he's learned, and he really took notes from Yachty um, right. behind the dish. Yeah, and that's very valuable to the team. So, especially especially with a weak starting rotation, exactly. you know, you need a guy back there that can really direct. Yeah, and that's like I noticed that because Michael's first start, he was with Contreras. Obviously didn't go well. Then I noticed the next time he pitched, they put Kisner out there. So I was wondering if maybe they thought Kisner can give them a different look, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, I think, I think the chemistry will will build with time. Um, you know, between Com- Contreras and the other pitchers on the team, because um, obviously you know he's the new guy and his style is going to be different than what they're used to from Yachty. Right. Um, and I think, I think the, the world baseball classic could have hurt that, you know, the guys didn't get a ton of spring training time with Contreras. Cause um, he went to play. Didn't he play for Venezuela? Contreras stayed at spring training. It's just he all stayed at spring training. Okay. But the pitchers went. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, I think they missed out on that. And that'll develop, obviously, as the season progresses. And they've got plenty of time to figure that out. Right. Um, so, you know, the chemistry and the um, sort of just the chemistry behind the plate, I'm not so much worried about. Right. Another thing that I wanted to say about our offense, like, besides the ones in the middle, like Goldschmidt, Arenado Contreras, we're super young, like mm-hmm. super young. Jordan is 20. Tyler O'Neill is not 28 yet. Brandon Donovan is 26. Tommy Edmund is 27. So 
most of these guys aren't even close to 30 yet. So they're still like kind of developing, I feel like. Especially which is what's dangerous. These guys that are down in the in in AAA, you know, we still got oh, yeah. at, at least three pieces in the AAA that could could come up and play in the starting line. Right, like Yepes, Mason Wynn, and them down there, they're just luxuries at that point. Right. I mean you've got you've got guys like Carlson at twenty four, New Bar twenty five, Yepes twenty five. So, you know, yeah, this team right. this team is very young. Um, one hundred percent. So and still very good at offense, and that's why I'm saying, please yep. don't touch the offense. Just get that pitching right, and we'll be good. So there's a, there's one player I wanted to touch up specifically on the pitching side, and that is Jordan Hicks. I don't he, – he – for me, what I've seen, he seems like he's – He's had good flashes of things, but it's just that control that sometimes gets away from him, especially, you know, hit Contreras in the knee with 103. He walks a little bit too much. I don't know. I, I like him a lot. It's just that control he's got to get down because he's throwing so fast. Right. I think, like you said, he throws very hard. He's a very high upside guy. It's just that consistency. It's just like he can't find the strike zone at all sometimes and it's just like that can really hurt the walks can rack up and people can make hard contact once you do find the zone because they're just sitting on it so yeah i you know hicks is one of those guys i get flashbacks to um okay what was his name um it's escaping me now who was the who was the guy we just got rid of a couple of years ago that threw really hard? Um, but just couldn't control it. Maybe. No. No, it was. Um... Oh shoot! Why am I forgetting his Reyes. name? No. He he got some. I think he got some starting time too. Um. Was it another Cabrera? I can't remember. Anyway, I just you know I think I think he, Hicks also has the same issues as like Henesis Cabrera does, um, where you know it's just guys that you know they have great stuff. You know you're touching 101, 102 on your fastball, and you're unhittable when you're good. But then you know one day he shuts out three innings. And then the other day, you know, he's going to give up five runs, you know. So I just right, I, like, I don't. Like, I feel like he's so good because his sinker, some days it just moves so much that it, like, moves all the way out of the strike zone. And it's, like, figuring out how much his sinker is going to move that day. I feel like that's hard for him. And then, like, commanding the strike zone, like, his fastball is very fast, but I feel like it's very flat. So, like, hitters can just sit on that. Yeah, I but, agree. I think that, you know, him having such nasty stuff and fast pitches, like, sometimes it's bound to get some fluky hits every now and then. So that right. I feel like it could really, you know, that could, I don't know if he's a very emotional player or not, but anybody could just 
it could bring you down if it, you know you're pitching so well and then they just get a little fluky hit over the infield and then you have right. a guy on first that you have to deal with and they just right, with, just like I'd, the Jays game. I'd, with him, I do wonder if that mental toughness is there because I know he wants to be a starter because they were talking about that over the offseason, how he felt like he didn't get his fair chance yeah. to start. But I was like, I don't know if we should be worried about starting right now. Like, let's just try to work out the bullpen for now and see where things go. Right. But, you know, early season, it hasn't looked too good, but he's he's very, like, good when he's on. So hopefully he can, like, bounce back from it. Yeah. Yeah. I think if he can get his control under, you know, under control, and, you know, even if he can get to a guy like Polante's level where he's just – a very consistent, you know, high twos, low three ERA guy. I think I think that would put him in a starting position. You know, I think that puts him over a Woodford or a Matt. You know, I, it, but it's just he's too – you don't know what you're going to get from him. Right. I think – There's always that uncertainty. I would love – if anybody's coming up to the starting position from the bullpen, I feel like it should be Polante. In my opinion, I, I love Polante. Yeah. You know, he doesn't throw yeah. hard, but he, like you said, he is consistent and he knows where to put the ball. And you All know, right. the Cardinals' and way, he gets soft contact, and that's what you need. Especially with that defense behind him, we we would I would take five consistent pitch to contact guys all day long with this team. Yeah. I would take if we had five guys that just threw great singers. Great changeups that got weak contact. I'd take that all day long. Yep, and even the good thing about Palante is this offseason, he worked on getting his velocity up, and it's been up. Like, he's been hitting, like, 97, like, 96, 97. And that's great over a, a game. Like, you face a starter two, three times. Like, he's mixing in the, the fastball. It has some zip to it, but he can also get you out on the ground ball, I think. I think he's a great guy. Yeah, and as we used him towards last season, you know, he was a long mm-hmm. reliever. He was he was a starter at one point. He just moved to the bullpen and was a long reliever for us. So I think yeah, he, he definitely has he took, experience. He took Dakota Hudson's lunch money. So right, yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, I think I think why Polante is so successful is the same thing as like I, why I think I think Jordan Montgomery is going to be a great starter for us. Because he he really doesn't throw that hard. You know, he's like a 95, 96 kind of guy. But he gets a bunch of weak contact. And you just let your gold glove infield handle the rest. Like, yeah, you know, what, like, I, what I love about Montgomery is his, his windup is so simple that, like, his arm slot is always super consistent. Like, yeah. He can work on the outside of the plate. When he needs to go inside, he can go inside. And he likes to keep the ball low with that breaking ball. So, you know, stuff like that. Always good out of the starter. Plus, he's a lefty, you know. Being a lefty, dealing with a lefty as a starter is always a different type of feel. For sure. All right. He's very so, good. Uh, you know, more recent news. Um, I bet both of you guys have heard of this and I don't know who hasn't between O'Neill and Marmol. They're not on the same page, obviously. The 
kind of seemed like Marmo stepped out of line by, you know, putting it out there to the media and not keeping it in-house. You know, I feel like it kind of hurt O'Neal and obviously the chemistry between them. What do you guys think about that? I felt like it was just a play we should really forget about because everyone was kind of in the wrong. First off, the ball got hit to Ronald Acuna. I don't know if you guys know about that man, but that man has a rocket. Yep. Like, a rocket connected to his yeah, arm, so I wouldn't like, go home him. on him. And I know I know Tyler O'Neill is one of the fastest, but, like, still, I'm not testing that. Like, I would just – we had we would have had the bases loaded in that situation. So, I would have just trusted the offense. But – like you said, Marmo calling him out publicly, like, I didn't really like that. And I felt for Tyler because he, he was right. I think it could have been, like, just Captain House. But it was kind of public. He kind of took it to the media instead of addressing it in-house, maybe in a locker room or whatever. So, yeah, I didn't really like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that I don't think Marmo – should have taken it to the media, but I don't think the criticism is necessarily out of line. Um, I didn't get to see the play that he was talking about, unfortunately, but, um, you know, I, I think if a coach, you know, sees something and, you know, wants to give you some criticism, then I think you just got to kind of take that to the chin and uh, roll with it. I think, you know, um, I don't really think they're – I mean, I hope they can get together and kind of, you know, hash things out, squash the beef and get it done with. But I don't I don't really see this uh, needing to be a bigger deal than it is, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I was there at the game, and to me it did kind of look like Tyler was jogging. And we all know, like, his sprint speed, how he's one of the fastest players in the league, stuff like that. So – Again, I don't know. He said it was more of a mental thing for him, which that part, like, I don't know about that, man. Like, I feel like you should just run as hard as you can. But also, Pop Warner, like, I think the ball was, like, right there in Acuna's glove and he was still rounding it. So I didn't I didn't really agree with that either. I so th- I think what rubbed me the wrong way about this whole thing was, I mean – I agree with Addison. I think if your coach gives you criticism, you definitely need to take it on the chin and improve from it. The thing that rubbed me wrong the, the wrong way was the next morning, he O'Neal said that a few days ago him and Marmol talked, and it was a scheduled off day for him. But then Marmol that morning said that you know if you're if a player is not going to put the effort out there, then he's not going to play, and it kind of made it seem like he wasn't out there because of his play and how he was kind of getting backlash from that play. But as Tyler said, it was a scheduled off day and that kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. It felt like Marble was kind of going after him. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like those um, uncertainty type of things. Like don't want to hurt a guy's morale, but if he comes out and says that it was a scheduled off day, I think, there has been like some type of understanding like made between the player and the manager 
which I hope that's the case. Like, I hope there's not like animosity in the locker room. And then he went out player. there and played that day later in that game. Right. He got pinched in. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, I think it should be good, but overall, I think it was just a bad play on everyone's part. Yeah. I think we should just kind of really forget about it. Like, because we overall that game we had a very bad base running day, like Contreras got thrown out at second. Yeah, Tyler got thrown out at home. Like every time we get someone on base, we can't bring them home. So, you know, kind of just a bad all day. So I have a very hypothetical here. Uh, you know, talk, going back to the starting pitching a little bit and needing an ace. Do you think? I feel like the Cardinals will be pretty active this season in the trade deadline, as Gerald and I have talked about this before. I think they definitely are going to be out there looking for people in the market. Do you think O'Neal could be part of that deal? Maybe Edmund and Wynn comes up, or O'Neal and Flaherty? What do you guys think Should the top pieces that should be moved? Well, I don't well, think... I think it's too soon to move Edmund. I think, you know, you've got... An established guy like Donovan, that's good. But um, you know, I think we should at least give Mason Wynn some some time to get up to the big leagues and see how he performs. Because you know you've got you've got a guy with Edmund who's gonna hit you 280, 300 every year. He's gonna give you 15 to 20 home runs. He's gonna swipe you 30 bags. Uh, and he's on top of that, he's a perennial Gold Glove candidate. So I don't think Edmund should necessarily be the first thing that we include in a trade. I'm not saying that he's off the table, but I just think it's too soon to move him. Um, I've been saying since last year that we should really consider trading O'Neal after um, his big breakout year uh, in 2020. Um, and then last year, I know he was battling injury, but um, again, I just I get I get so scared and flashbacks uh, to guys like Paul DeYoung who have an injury and then they just never return to the breakout year. And then we're stuck with a guy who we could have cut and run on. And obviously hindsight's 2020, but I think, you know, like last year, I really think that dumping Bader was a great move. Um, You know, I, I, I never really thought that Bader was going to be um, elite offensively. Um, so I, I mean, I definitely would consider Tyler O'Neill and possibly Flaherty for um, an ace. Yeah, like like you said with Tommy, you know, I think he's well. War says he is, but I think he's one of the most valuable players in the league, just simply on how fast he is. He's a great base runner, elite defense, and he's just a ball player, man. Like, Switch hitter. You too. can put him at second base. Shortstop, he may not have the best arm, but he's going to have an elite glove. So I love Tommy, but like you said, we have Mason Wayne, who's waiting, who's still young, but I think we can give him time to develop. And I really do like his chances to be up in the bigs this season somehow. I don't know where he's going to be because we like are loaded. In the in the infield, but if anything, yeah, um, I feel like it'll come with injuries. You know, if 
maybe Edmund goes down right. or Donovan goes down. It'll right. somebody step I in. really hope the Cardinals view it as Mason Wayne should come up before Paul DeYoung should get back on the roster. Yes. Like, that worries me because why would we have Paul DeYoung on the roster when we have Mason Wynn right there waiting? And we, like, I don't know. I'm over Paul DeYoung at this point. So I'm super anti him, but. Yeah, I wanted to give DeYoung a chance. Um, you know, they put him down in AAA last year, and he started doing really well, and they brought him back up, and he almost got his job back last year. You know, he had, I think it was about a seven-game stretch where, he, I mean, he was dominant. But then, you know, we slipped back into old Paul DeYoung, and I don't know if it's a confidence thing or, or something in his mechanics changed after an injury, but I he just – He's he just he can't perform. He never he never found it again. Like he Yeah. Like his rookie season, he was like primed to be the next guy and this is the franchise guy and stuff like that. But he just continued to strike out a lot. Always had a good glove and always had good power, but besides that, just nothing. Just offers offers nothing. But yeah, it's tough. It's tough when you have I think the Cardinals have great depth, like, and I really, I think they love Taylor Motter. That's why they gave him opportunity, like a journeyman type guy who can play everywhere, play shortstop, which I didn't know, but that's cool. Um, we got Tommy we can put there. We can put Mason Wynn there, Brendan Donovan in a pinch. Like, it's just so much depth that we have, you know. I'm not sure where the front office would value Mason Wayne at this moment. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm just a I I'm a fan of leaving guys down in the minors for as long as we can, just to really polish them up. Um, so I'm not in too much of a rush to get Mason Wayne up to the bigs. Um, you know, obviously, if we have to, um, obviously, I'd want him in the big leagues for an injury over DeYoung, but I, I don't think there's really any need to bring him up um, sooner than needed. Yeah. I I want them to be in the market for a starting pitcher, but I don't want them to, like, start trading guys like Gorman and Carlson and like moving a bunch of pieces to get one piece because right. we seen we seen what happened last year with Frankie Montas. Like this year he's like not projected to do well and was not very good. And he was like the hottest pitcher on the market. So really I feel like if a team has an ace like right now in the MLB, like a really good guy, I'm not too sure that they will like give us a discount. For that, like, like we definitely would have to pay up a few prospects, a few, a few arms, maybe you know. So, I'm wondering, you, you know, sorry, finish your thought. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I'm thinking, you know, if come the trade deadline, a team that, um, you know, is thinking about or was trying to make a run as, you know if something doesn't pan out for a team that was projected to do well, and I don't know which team that was would be, 
But, you know, if a team's looking to cut and run around the trade deadline, I'm wondering because I, I really I really do have faith in this front office. Um, I think they've proven that. They're kind of savvy with uh, acquisitions like Goldschmidt and Arenado. Um, I mean, shoot, we basically fleeced the Rockies. This is all a robbery yeah. for Nolan yes. Arenado. You know, so I'm I'm really wondering if you know they find a team that's looking to cut and run on their season, uh, and they can you know find not an uh, I think the Arenado trade is a once in a lifetime sort of deal, yeah. but um, you know I'm I'm wondering if they can make a bigger splash than Jordan Montgomery. Right. And like, I feel like we're all high on Jordan Montgomery, but I don't think we necessarily view him as an ace, you know? No, no, certainly not. He could be more like a two or three that can give you like a lot of innings and stuff like that. It's just that one guy at the top that can just go out there. And we had it like Sandy Alcantara. Didn't he win Cy Young last year? Yeah, totally. He was with the Cardinals. Yep. And we just gave him up for Ozuna and we didn't even keep Ozuna. So, yeah. you know. And I, I we, man, and I forget the Cardinals trades have really kind of bit us um, recently. Yeah. I mean, uh, getting rid of prospects too. I forget which one we had. It was either, I think it was Tatis. I'm pretty we sure. A was it? Yeah, it was a Rosarena for sure. Um, but then I felt like. We either had Tatis or we had Acuna at one point in our minors, and we got rid of them. And like mm-hmm. again, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but you're like, man, like yeah, we just held on to those guys. Yeah, our development of prospects, I feel like, is great. On the position player side, is just if we if we can see as fans that our obvious weakness is starting pitching, like. I feel like the the front office could see that. And like you said, I'm pretty optimistic about what they do because, you know, I was just on Snapchat yesterday. Four years ago, we got Paul Goldschmidt, you know. They noticed that we really needed a bat like that. And then the next year, we got Arenado. Like yeah. For, for I couldn't for even nothing. tell you. I for think, nothing. I we, think we like <laughs> – like Montero, I think we gave him up. He's just now making his debut, you know. Yeah, yeah. Those guys that hadn't even made the big leagues mm-hmm. until like last no. year, you know. Uh, and just... I'm pretty sure we got cash for him too. That was the craziest yeah. thing: is we right. gave up like some nothing prospects and got paid to take Arenado. Yeah, they're still paying half his contract. Yeah. So it's just like it's like where did we lose? You know, he just finished like. Third in MVP, I think, last oh, season, yeah. you know, behind Goldie. So, you know, those guys are going to do what they do. You know, they weren't brought up through the Cardinals system, but they're making an impact on the Cardinals, obviously. So, hopefully we can bring someone on the outside in. And, you know, I feel like we're a contender after that, really. Yeah, so. That's really what we need. Lastly. What are your guys' hopes for this season? I mean, I, I mean, I could go on and on about hopes. Obviously, World Series and all that, but I think my biggest hope is getting that ace 
maybe trade a position player just because we have so many of them and maybe have Michaelis, M Monty, and whoever else at the two or three plus that hypothetical ace that we could get. Um, but what do you guys think? Any hopes for this season? So my, my realistic hope, obviously outside of a World Series, is um, I think with with an ace, so making making a trade for an ace, um, I, I would love – I would – do backflips if this team won 100 games this year. I think just seeing the team win 100 games would really instill some confidence um, for playoff run, deep playoff runs in the future. So I think I think an ace is the only thing holding us back. I think right now this team is projected to win, uh, you know, I think it's like 92, 93 games. Mm -hmm. So yeah, as is, so we're right there. It's just like – you know, with the with the ace, we could win possibly five, ten more games. And what is that? Easily, hundred, hundred and five. Right. So that's like, I feel like that idea is like a very, very optimistic idea. I, obviously, like we we know like the offense is gonna be there. There are some games where the offense can't put it all together because we can't get the last guy home and it's two outs or whatever, but yeah. Offense. And that's is baseball. Like that's going to happen. Right. Right. We're, we're going to like regress positively. So, but it's just the pitching, man. Like if the pitching is good, then we're good. We're, we're like going with the flow with the pitching. Like if it's an off day for them, it's an off day for us. But if they're, if they're good, then I feel like the offense can manufacture runs, you know, whenever. There's never really a game that I watch where I just feel like the Cardinals are out of it because our offense could go go off at any time. But hopes for this season, I don't know. With the, red, the way that the Brewers are looking, they're looking good. So hope we can just win the Central convincingly and improve, improve on last year. I hope. I hope that. Yeah, the thing I think is the offense obviously is one of the best in the game, but it's just so hard starting out games behind. You know, your first, second inning, you're already a run or two down, or maybe three or four. It's tough to just pull it back every time. And I don't, I mean, I obviously see us winning so many games, but, you know, it's also hard winning that many games if you're always behind because of your starting pitching. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. It's just, I think, I think realistically, we shouldn't expect to be a lot better than last season, just like based on having Contreras in the lineup now and Jordan Walker establishing himself because the offense last year was good. Like Pujols was very good at the second half, that, uh, that along with the MVP and the third place MVP and Brandon Donovan and Tommy and all these guys contributing, you know, it, it's, it's easy on the offensive side, but really when the Cardinals, like, you know, we, we've went on 16 game winning streaks before. And I feel like every time that's happened, it's because our pitching has been like very good, very good. Yeah. Like the offense is going to take care of itself. So the, the, the offense, in my opinion, um, should be winning us games, but right now, as the team is constructed, it's only keeping us in games because 
the the pitching is so bad. Like the pitching is should be the thing that keeps us in games, and then the offense okay. should be the thing that wins us the games. But right, and that's always that's always been the Cardinals' way. Like 2011, I feel like that era of the Cardinals was known for really good pitching. And yeah, oh, I feel like this new team, our identity is more offense. So maybe we can, because you know, back then we would make like moves for like Lance Berkman and Matt Holiday and stuff like that, trying to improve right. the offense because the the pitching was so good. But now things are different, you know. Got to look at it on the flip side now and see how we can improve the other side. All right. Well, that's all I got for topics today, fellas. Uh, anything else yeah. you guys want to add? Mm. We're going to be good this season, I yeah. feel like. So, yeah. the starting pitching, like, Michaelis, you know, he's a dog, in my opinion. Like, I love Michaelis. It's just, he's not really an ace, but I feel no, like I think he's a really strong number two, at best. Yeah, yeah um, I've, I think he figures some things out. Like, after after that, like, bad first inning, yeah, he settled down and was really sharp, but if we can have a guy in front of him that can just shut the door, then we're going to be good, genuinely. Yeah. Yeah, I think overall it'll be a good year for us. And, I mean, obviously we got stuff to complain about just because we're fans, but, you know, overall I think we'll, we'll be all right. And we're, I'm just – I'm happy to be a Cardinals fan because not everyone can even, you know, not every MLB franchise can say they're competing year to year. Yeah. Right. Right. So, you know, Oakland, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> I need to be a lot of teams fans. Like, you know, I, I, we're, we are, um, we're, we're very lucky to be Cardinals fans. You know, we, yeah, you know, we, we get good baseball every year. You know, it's not the like. Fans love the Cardinals. Like, I was oh, yeah. looking, the first, the first game of the season was, I think the Yankees and like Yankees, obviously they're a big franchise, but their seats weren't even all filled. Like right. Every opening day, the Cardinals always like sell out. Shoot. The or, Cardinals or are sold out open. most days. Like yeah, that's what, that's days. what these new rules, you know, like it, it was so hard for me to hear like, Oh, we need to make the game faster because we got to, you know, appeal to the young fans. The the sport isn't getting young fans blah, blah, blah. And I, I think, it's just because I didn't follow baseball outside of St. Louis for a long time. Because to me, you tell me that, and I'm like, "What are you talking about? We got sold out. We we have forty two thousand fans at Bush yeah, Stadium yeah, every day. Exactly. Like it's not. Yeah. Man, that's all mean. There's not fans. But that's all we you're know. right. We have the second most titles in um, franchise history behind the Yankees. Obviously, like we know, winning baseball has been like. The Cardinals' way is just winning. It's so, expected. Yeah, it's it's yeah. you know the the few years of my life that the Cardinals haven't been good, like you know the the city is like it's beside itself. You know, it doesn't know what to do. What do you what do you mean the Cardinals aren't good? Exactly. You know, just it's, like at least at least some playoff baseball is always like going on. I feel like. 
most most years like in the years we weren't weren't like in the playoffs we were still competitive like oh yeah on the fringe it's just like the cardinals always find a way like especially like from two years ago when we went on that 16 game winning streak i was like at that point i knew i would never count out the cardinals ever again oh yeah no you can't never no you can't and i love that about us that we have like that identity yeah it's it's so crazy to me to hear like um i hear it a lot out of mets fans it's kind of funny but you know at some point in the season they're just like oh the season's over like we're done yeah you know and that's and that's never a sentiment that cardinals fans carry right right we we don't even like we don't carry ourselves like that like the fans are always going to cheer for what's on the field but also you know the front office i feel like they do their part too which is like you said, you feel good about the front office. I do too, because winning baseball, other teams show that isn't easy over a year-to-year basis. So yeah, yeah. I mean, baseball's not like life. other sports, which I really like. You know, you yeah. you know, you look at basketball and you can pencil in, you know, certain teams to go to the finals every year. Like you know, you know, Milwaukee's gonna be tough. You know, the Celtics are gonna be tough right now. Um, you know, the Suns have a tough regular season roster, although they don't prove themselves in the playoffs but you know football you know the chiefs are probably going to the super bowl um you know that the bills are tough you know the Bengals are going to be tough but baseball mm-hmm. man you you're like wait where did the phillies come from like the yeah. phillies just come out of nowhere wait, wait where did the, the mariners just took out the yankee like what what's going on like 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 the tampa bay rays like they all of a sudden everyone wants to yeah. their philosophy so yeah, like no it's just Year over year is just so much that can go wrong with the team, you know. Like, I hate to point out Tyler O'Neill. I hope he doesn't think I'm Oliver Mormont, but I hate to point him out. But um, he had 34 home runs that one year. Then last year, things didn't go right for him, you know. And now, now people are talking about trading him and stuff like that. It's just a lot of stuff can change from year to year with baseball. But you know that's just how the sport is and these franchises are willing to spend money like the phillies you know obviously they were lacking pitching because by the time they got to the astros like they got stomped and a lot of things got exposed but this offseason they made it a thing to spend money and you know go for it so that the mets you know so baseball is always competitive that's my point. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think we're all, all three of us are very happy to be Cardinals fans, especially if it's, uh, and then any other franchise. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we got today for this episode. Um, good first episode. Again, it's been Francisco, oh, yeah. Addison, and Gerald. Uh, we'll be here weekly, probably every Friday. Get a episode posted in. Uh, and yeah, well, thank you guys yes, for listening. Right. Thank you guys for joining me in this again. It yeah. was fun, guys. Yeah, had a great time. All right. See you, everybody. See you next week. Yeah.